Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Equiwell Dubai. It's lively in here, I can tell you that. Uh, Kay Harrington, Lizzie Kelly, James Willoughby, my guests for this week's Talking Points. There's Matthew Syed. I invited him on the programme. He is away this weekend, sadly, so he couldn't join us, but he was uh, very courteous in his response. He's not received a particularly good response to the article that he wrote in The Times, James, which for a fine journalist was somewhat under-researched, I think. That's a fair point. He had a, he had a bad day. He probably still thinks it. Uh, and also, I don't blame him, because certain high-profile figures in the sport would concur with what he, what he said. Just this, you know. I think this is the most important point the sport's ever faced. This is the sport's Brexit moment. I think it's it's a, it's a test of its ability to think, and to present the arguments. Because the overarching question that people are not admitting in the in the whips and the deaths arguments, which are all conflated in one sort of, is is racing fair to the horse? If you sit at home and think to yourself that that that, that you watch racing all these times, you've bought into the experience. And suddenly you think it's okay for the sake of perceptions that it's unfair to the horse, that it should be encouraged to give its best with an, a foam-filled air-cushioned stick. That's the least of a horse's problems in going out there and performing for exactly. us. And on that, I think there is consensus. Yeah, big time. Like people, uh, has um, Matthew's side ever held a whip? Like if you actually yeah. hit it on your mm. hand, it's nothing. It really is nothing. Like we're jockeys are nine, ten, eleven stone, and they're hitting a six hundred, five hundred kilo animal. Like that isn't really, really gonna. If you put that in human terms, mm. like say ten, ten stone, and it's like a one, two stone person hitting you. Mm. Do you know? Like if you put it in those terms, like how hard are we really, really hitting them? I mean, these are all well-rehearsed and well-made arguments, but surely, Lizzie, the point is, how have we got to the point where one of the most eminent, respected journalists, sports journalists in the country, has chosen to just take racing apart with some inflammatory and emotive language? Um, yeah, I think it's quite bizarre, and this is what I sort of touched on earlier with the social media campaign. I think that a lot of the time we're giving... Well, you know, people are able to have an opinion, which is perfectly fine, but that opinion can be sort of pushed forward, it can gain momentum, and all of a sudden and you've got a bit of a yeah. movement. Encourage people to play to the gallery yeah. a little yeah. bit, and I think that really there, was, there was an element of that here. We will talk about this a little bit more, of course, but there are several points to get through this week. One of them is, um, is, is Sandown, which is, has now got its own development plans uh, to build houses around around the estate, which, who knows, might, might come to the rescue of Kempton Park, whose closure was being threatened for, uh, for an awful long time. Uh, this is going to rumble on and on, James. But yes. I mean, the racecourses have got to find ways of, you know, yes. monetizing the land that they've got, especially in, in urban areas. But we're better off having both tracks than none or one, aren't we? Absolutely, definitely, one hundred percent. Yes, we are. Sandown is one of the best racecourses in the world in terms of the way it shapes races. It presents a unique test of the flat horse and the jumper, and uh, the fact that the the, the sport they're developing it is great for the sport. It should be encouraged. Um, and I hope Kempton survives too, because I think that's got a part to play as well. It has got a part to play. Lizzie, you've been doing an awful yeah. lot of work at Newbury and have been for the last year or so, and you've been seeing the whole place develop yeah. around you, and it doesn't seem to have made a, a material difference to the race-going experience. No, not at all. No. I mean, fr frankly, on the part of like Newbury, the fact that they've continued racing throughout their entire development, I think it's just amazing um they've had absolutely no sort of time like cheltenham did where they had a whole summer of no racing you know they've continued going i think that race courses have to slightly look outside the box 
in terms of boosting what they have. They've done a really good job um, with plenty of homes. It's actually built, furthermore, it's built community around the race course. So you have more people going racing at that particular race course as a result because they've got, you know, a newbie race course community, people actually living on the course. Yeah. Um, which adds another element. I mean, it might not be the most important element, but it's certainly an element. And mm. I think, you know, those people can go racing, they can they can take their friends racing. Um, and I mean, as a place to live, it's beautiful. You look out of your back window and you're looking over a beautiful race course. It's better than looking over a car park. So it's great, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. There you are. Good stuff. Brilliantly put. Uh, Subtle or Southwell, depending on where you come from and who you are. Uh, is going to be the latest race course to install floodlights so they can just keep going and going and going and going. And now, James, you spent a, quite a lot of time at, at Sutherland studying not, the racing not there. Not recently, but for many years, yeah. Mm. Mm. Floodlit racing in Subtle, how's that going to play? I'm presuming this is really uh, effectively just to prolong people's time in betting shops. Well, I want, prolong. I want to represent the small but vociferous minority of punters out there that absolutely love Southwell. Yeah, plenty of people do. Half an hour the best surface for betting uh, in this country because it's the closest thing we have to dirt. Dirt elongates distances between races. It takes the dimension of tactics out of a race to, to the greatest extent. It's, it produces very reliable times. It's very consistent for the, for the most part in terms of biases. In other words, you never want to be near the far rail, even though some jockeys still haven't worked that one out after 25 years. And um, I think it's fantastic. So the fact there are floodlights means there'll be more subtle, more subtle. I think there should be more fibre sand tracks. I know there won't be because, well, you know, modern surfaces, they say, are better to look after, whatever. But yeah, I think I'd have it every day, every night if it was up to me. Some of those horrendous turf tracks, I'd switch the, some of them, not all of them, the, some, the top ones, but some of the minor ones, I think I'd switch the racing away from them and have it at Glorious Southall, where it's punters love Southall. Of course, Glorious Dundalk, which is on a synthetic surface rather than a fibre sand, uh, that races under floodlights and very effectively. And it's been a, it's been a huge success story for Irish racing. Yeah. It's been absolutely a huge success. Um, like You only have to look at the entries on a Monday for the Friday racing. Like There's always divides each week, and it's great. It keeps the... This, probably the little flat trainer going all during the winter and mm. keeps their income like yeah. gets the it's our only all weather track but it keeps employment in the smaller yards throughout the year. Do you think there'll be more in Ireland? Um, there is talk that there is but there's no real plans yet. It'd be great if there was. Is I there mean, an obvious place for one? Um, they are talking about Tipperary and um, that was always on the cards originally but um I don't know, maybe one at the Curra, near the Curra, <laughs> close to us. There you are, you see. <laughs> Last point on this, there's a massive trend in flat racing now towards running the best yeah. two-year-olds on the old weather. Yeah. The yeah. last four or five weeks of racing made absolutely insane quality. It's like watching Group 1 horses mm. every day of the week. It's absolutely brilliant. And of course, you'll be able to watch racing from Kempton, from yeah. Chelmsford, and from Dundalk on Dundalk. Racing TV. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really looking forward to so doing. I know. Uh, but you're gone. So it'll be well, that's why I'm watching. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> not to do it anymore. Now, <laughs> spare the viewer. Gay Kellaway, who's enjoyed uh, lots of success on, on every surface. She is uh, starting a satellite yard in France. Now, it's been done by various trainers before, but is it a sign of things to come, I wonder? And what does it say about the financial pressures that are being put on trainers here vis-a-vis uh, -vis the return they're getting from prize money? Now, you're someone who spends quite a lot of time in France and racing there. Have you, yeah, have you ever thought about having a satellite yard there? Um, yeah, we did. Um, Le Morlay, which wouldn't be too far from Chantilly. Oh, so you did, you did do it? Yeah. yeah um, oh. We felt that 
it would be a good idea to have a base over there, not necessarily to have horses trained over there primarily, but that we had somewhere to travel to, they could stay for a few weeks and come back. Um, and then it sort of t turned into maybe having a satellite yard, etc. Um, for me, I feel that the prize money, it's, it's obviously something that's always brought up, but that's possibly because it's so much better. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. They have, as everyone knows, a different system, the PMU, money goes back into the actual industry. Um, I just think that if, you're, if you've got racehorses, no one buys a racehorse to make money. If you do, then you are stupid. But if you are earning enough money back from your... I'll tell my clients that when I get back home. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you earning... can make lots of money from racehorses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People coming into the business. If you yeah. are winning you races and still not covering much of your training fee, you know, that I just, I just think, you know, we should be... We should obviously be trying. Everyone talks about. I'm just sort of. I'm regurgitating what you always say because we should be trying to get it to the point where prize money is much much better. Um, and in France, they've done it, and and so that is the appeal. Uh, and at least that there is some sort of return for the owner that, yeah. they're, that they're perhaps not getting now. Yeah. Uh, now. Sure. On the French theme, yes, <laughs> we, we like it. Jamie Osborne on this show, we right? We certainly do. Yeah, we, we like do. Rats he's as well. Good, he's good value. <laughs> well, he is, yeah. Um, but it, it, it got a bit out of hand on Twitter yesterday. <laughs> as he <laughs> served it up to Christophe Simeon and his pals for for not riding in the cold in 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 France uh, at Dover, wasn't it? On the on the all weather, was it Dover? Yes, yes it was Dover. Yeah. Um, now riders aren't aren't shy of the cold, are they, Lizzie? No, 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 um, no, not at all. I mean, there are days where it's where it is cold, but um, I mean, it, it, I said to you earlier that it was, it, I think Jamie Osborne almost had like a Kanye West moment. Yeah, and just yeah, thought, it's tremendous. Yeah, <laughs> and now, he just for the, for the entered his brain. That's why, we, that's why we need. That's why we need the youth on our racing TV, yeah. isn't it? That's oh. is a tremendous reference. Yeah. I got, I got a feeling was Osborne's Kanye <laughs> West moment. For my generation, I thought, I thought that there was a little bit of an undercurrent of cheese-eating surrender monkeys about the comment, wasn't there? Yeah. I assume, assume you yeah. come back with a very measured and sort of sensible response as well, which is kind of only yeah. served. I'm riding out this morning mm. and I'm yes. um, going to Leon today and... Yeah, so I think he might have put Jamie back in his box a just a little bit, though. But they, they are. <laughs> They are two of the more engaging characters Absolutely in the sport, aren't they? Right. Absolutely. We want more of this, not less. One of the themes that racing <laughs> struggles with is that no one really gets custard pied like they do in other sports. You know, the, no one is the fall guy. Everybody emerges with their... Everyone's great, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. That's Kay right. Harrington's great. Lizzie Kelly's great. This is my point about... I'm sorry if I put it in an abrasive way, but that's my point about riders. When the riders face very, very, very little criticism compared to footballers or or other sport, and they invariably... Case not, case not so sure, I can what, see it. When, compared to other sports they do, invariably they rear up the moment that it, they receive it as well. So I think we were a lot better off if we could give and take a lot more. Certainly if you're a journalist, you have to get used to it. As I was explaining to my daughter the other day when she was... She said a teacher had a go at her, and she said, why don't you ever get upset when people have a go at you, Dad? Because obviously she, she reads everything on the internet. You know, your, your children will be the same. But, you know, and they said, who cares what people say? You know, once you've heard it all once, it doesn't matter. And some riders need to rise above well, that. They need to be able to not, not underline what these idiots are saying about them, but just, just move on. My, no my, one really thinks that they're, they're my, half my of them. My eight-year-old daughter said, said to me this morning, when, when does luck on Sunday finish? 
And I said, if, well, 11.30. What, 11.30. And she went, no, when does it stop? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah well, well I'm, I'm making an effort to help your daughter in this regard. So, <laughs> so I, said, well, we'll, yeah. I said, we'll roll on till March the 31st, and then we'll have a break, and then we'll do some more later in the year. She went, no, 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 when does it actually Forever. end, the whole thing? <laughs> when do you stop, Dad? Oh, dear. Well, one man, who has, one man who has stopped, uh, yeah. he stood down after, a, a, I think, 11-year tenure, which is a long 11. time at the, at the Racing Post, Bruce Millington, and he has been succeeded by Tom Kerr, who will be a guest on the show very soon, I'm delighted to say. 31-year-old uh, Tom Kerr, big job for him. You're the editor of the Racing Post, Lizzie. What direction That's do you take really it in? Question. What's your edit? What editorial direction do you take it in? Who's it for? What's it for? Great question. Come on, Lizzie. Um, I think it's got uh, a lot of. It's it's had a lot of bad. Um, Sort of res yeah, results, or well, not results, but a lot of people haven't liked the stories that they've run, especially on the front pages. I think we've got to try and find the good stories. Mm. I actually did read um, a really lovely story in the um, Bloodstock section the other day about Camilla Sharples and, really and her good, story. Yeah. More about people, more about the, the stories within the sport as well as obviously all the actual form and statistics and Does it sell? Does it sell, do you think? Does it sell? Does that I sell? I think in this day and age with the fact that people buy less yeah. newspapers, yeah. it's a struggle. But to be fair, they have the same stuff in all their, like um, on, the, on the internet. Yeah. So, you know, this, whether, you're buying, whether you're buying your membership online or you're buying the paper every day, mm. um, then obviously you're still getting the same stuff. One thing I would quite like to see was it to be a little bit cheaper. Well, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Who is your reader? Who are you writing the paper for? I think you're you're writing the paper for. Well, obviously it's kind of your your punters, your punt people going racing. But you want to give them the kind of unknowledgeable people. You want to give them more insight into what's actually going on behind the scenes because they see they go to the race, they see what's happening that day. And they're probably buying it to go betting, so they've got all that information. But maybe, yes, like you say, have that story about Camilla Sharples and her, her point pointers on how she's making money out of it. Making money out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie. And good, surely good, good tipsters. Yeah, the, good tipsters. Is the, exactly. Is another fairly significant plank of this, isn't it, James? We can't do this in two minutes. No, Tom's no way. I'm not even going to try. Okay. Um, it's a very newspapers are a very very challenging environment. Trainers are very quick to give advice to newspaper editors, but they're very, very slow to take it from journalists. So take a walk in someone else's shoes. The newspaper environment is very, very difficult and has been for the last 10 years. Mm. There are great pressures on newspaper editors to do various things. There are commercial imperatives as well. It's all very well from your ivory tower at home to say, you know, don't give a favorable mention to this. You know, don't take the, the standpoint of some commercial entity if you were the editor of the Racing Post, you'd face the realities of running a newspaper. It's very, very difficult. And that probably explains why it is, uh, it is a job for someone who is in the early part of right. their career, who's brave and bold and has got fresh ideas right. and needs, they can he, he just needs to go sort out. We need to hear from Tom Kerr what, he, what, he, will on what show. he actually thinks about the whip. What he thinks about the whip. Not We not, will. Not dodging the issue, but what he thinks, because what he thinks is going to be massively important for the sport. Six so not what anybody else thinks, what he thinks. He will be on this show very soon, I can promise you that. Right, uh, we're going to talk about the Cheltenham Review a lot, but I want to include it in this section. Um, Kate Harrington, 
you've touched on this, you've touched on your reservations <laughs> about the BHAs. James, hold that document up and just show the level of research that's gone into that. Surely it is the right thing for the BHA when there is a spate of fatalities to investigate it properly. Exactly. And thoroughly. No, exactly, and they have to be seen to be doing well for the sport. But like reducing field sizes and putting in vet, like veterinary um, inspections before the race, they are saying that the trainers aren't competent enough. Are the trainers not competent enough to see that their horse is fit to run in the race? Their owner has been paying that trainer to get the horse there, and then they're going to you're going to get to the races and the trainer, the, the vet inspections are going to say, no, this horse can't run. Like we saw it at the Breeders' Cup this year. Um, Polydream. Yeah, Polydream didn't run. The horse is offset knees. And um, Freddie Head said, that's the way it's always trotted, its whole life. Like you could maybe trot up a whole load of rugby players. They might not trot up sound before they go out and play a big rugby match. And then also about the ground. They had but one egregious error in a foreign country, if it indeed it was an egregious error, shouldn't be taken as a guide as to, to how it's going to play out here, should yeah, it? I no, mean, surely it's, the, we're assuming that the vets are going to be irresponsible when we know that most vets on a race course are very responsible. They are, they are responsible, but you, I know we have a few horses at home that are a bit, like a bit pottery and they will warm up, but they warm up to, to, the, to the job, but like they mightn't trot up signs. So then now they're going to be horses, but they're absolutely fine. They go out and they win races day in, day out, but that is just how they are and there's nothing we can go about that they might have be the owner might have been able to afford that horse at the sales because he was a little bit mm. bit of a crooked in front or something and but the trainer is doing such a good job to keep that horse sound to run why do we need these vet checks luck on sunday proudly sponsored by albastiet cruel dubai